0: You're now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Good morning. morning. morning.
1: Soon to be good afternoon. Yes. Uh, you know, it's certainly great and awesome to be here. Yes. Now we are, most of you know, but we are part of a church that is much bigger than this. Come yes. on. However, we decided it's time to divide into regions. Right? So we have the south, the north, Uh the east, and the west region. Now you may ask, why do you do that? So ask me, why do you do that? that? Yes, I thank you for asking. Because we believe that every single man and woman needs to have a chance to hear about God. And so, we try to spread to everywhere where the people live, instead of staying in just one location. On. Yeah. That's why we're called a movement. Yeah. Right? Because a movement moves. Yeah. Right? And many of us here have moved from different countries. Yeah. Or in my case, it's one of the people here from a small island to a big island. Come on. Yeah. right? But it's great to be here. So we are the South Region of the London International Christmas yes. Church. And yes. this is our very first service Come on. as the South Region. Come on. Yes. Yeah. And we call ourselves the Southern... Lights. Yes. Yes. The Southern Lights, I'm hoping you're excited yes. to do the Southern Lights. Yes. 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 Come on. You know, has, has anyone ever heard of a gentleman by the name of John Pemberton? No. Tell us. No. Yes. Okay, yes. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> okay, we're ready? Okay. So John Pemberton was born in 1831. <coughs> wow and uh, no he's no longer alive okay he was born in 1831 and at the age of 19 he became a licensed pharmacist at 19 pretty young obviously back then pharmacy was not quite as complicated as it is now but still Um, however he had to fight in the American Civil War and in the Battle of Columbus he got injured He got a saber injury in his chest. Now, I've seen pictures of the American Civil War where you see piles of arms and legs that were amputated stacked on top of one another. Because back then, obviously, you know, that was usually the only way to save someone's life if they really had a a severe injury. And so, because of this injury, this John Pemberton, he became addicted to Morphine. Because wow. if you had an injury and they were going to amputate your leg or your yeah. arm or whatever,
0: yeah.
1: okay, uh, the anesthesia, I believe me, was not quite like what it is today. You go to sleep, you wake up, and it's over. No, right. they had you literally saw off your leg or your arm, and the anesthesia would get was either a bottle of whiskey or morphine. Wow. And so morphine was a lot more powerful. So John Pemberton, as a result of of the incredible pain he had, and and just having to take the morphine a lot to to dull the pain, he became addicted to morphine. And he then went on a mission uh, to help himself with his addiction. So he went on about a way to create a a painkiller, a medicine, that would relieve him of his addiction, To morphine. So, in other words, switch a really bad addiction for something that is not as bad. Okay? And he actually um, he found something, and uh, he was and it was quite successful because at that time not only was John Pemberton struggling, but many many people in the states were struggling with morphine addiction because many thousands and thousands were injured in the Civil War, and even. Uh, well-to-do women became drug addicts. So it became a huge concern and, and the government actually um, really allowed him to pass this this medicine along. And it's funny because uh, the medicine was advertised at the time as beneficial for ladies, <laughs> especially, <laughs> and for all those whose sedentary employment caused nervous Frustration. They say, what does that mean? It means that if you're an office worker and your job consists of sitting the whole day, and you become a nervous wreck because you're not moving because you're sitting the whole day, then this medicine will help you to chill. <laughs> yeah. So, in other words, today all of us would need that because virtually everyone nowadays has a job in the office, right? Oh, yeah. However, they passed legislation in Georgia where he lived, <coughs> which then forced him to find an alternative for his medicine, because he was not allowed to have alcohol in the medicine anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he kept experiment, experimenting with the, the new medicine he was trying to create, and eventually, quite by accident, he poured carbonated water into the new medicine he was experimenting with. Ooh. And he drank it, and I was like, wow, this tastes pretty awesome. So he started selling it. So so he started selling it as a drink. As a drink. And no longer as a medicine. And so it was trial and error that he came about with it. And so he started selling his drink at soda fountains. Because back then, you know, things, things were not bottled like they are now. So if you wanted to have like what they call here a... Uh, uh, uh. Fizzy, drink. Fizzy, drink. fizzy drink, Fizzy drink. yes, yeah. yes, sorry. I'm used to soft drink, which is in the States. It's a fizzy drink. You had to go out of your house to the pharmacy or the soda fountain, and they would pour the syrup, pour the carbonated water, put the ice, steer it, and you'd have your, okay, your fizzy drink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we
1: won't We won't get to the word of God, though, don't worry. I don't know that's what you're really asking. Um... It tastes good and it was sold as a drink that will cure headaches. It will calm nerves. It will relieve exhaustion. (laughs) And it was referred to as a valuable brain tonic. This is now called Coca-Cola. That thing that was supposed to be medicine is now known as Coca-Cola. culture and language in the world, right? Now, in the Dominican Republic, there's an expression. And the expression is, do you think you're the last Coca-Cola in the desert? Yes. (laughs) Now, how is that applied? Yes. Well, it's something like this. You have a lady who thinks that she's really good-looking, walking on the street, going like this, and you know, (laughs) thinks it's pretty as her. And here comes another lady who knows that she's really good looking, so she cannot argue with her about that. So all she can say is, what do you think, you're the last Coca-Cola in the desert? <laughs> so you usually reply to someone who's really full of themselves right. and arrogant, and you say, so you think you're the last Coca-Cola in the desert? Well what, you're wrong. <laughs> message today. However, we're going to apply it a little bit differently. Aww. We're not going to apply it in like a way that it's just someone who's really arrogant and fooling themselves, but just something you desperately need. Yeah. Yes. If you're in the desert and there's only one Coca-Cola, you desperately need it. You desperately <laughs> need it. All right? So, Come on. Um, Come on, point number one, Come on. it's based on The Coca-Cola slogan from the year 1905 and the slogan said Coca-Cola sustains and refreshes.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well the point is going to be Jesus sustains and refreshes. So we're going to go to Romans chapter 6. Now remember what was John Pemberton's original purpose of this drink? To replace an addiction. addiction yeah. wow. Wow. To help cure an addiction, right? Yeah. yeah. So with that in mind, Romans chapter 6, we're gonna start reading here in verse 16. You ready? Come on, bro. Yeah. For the spiritual coca-cola? Alright, here we go. Oh. So, don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone to obey him as slaves? You are slaves to the one whom you obey, whether you are a slave to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. (coughs) But to be slaves to sin, sorry, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, that though you uh, that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obey. The form of teaching to which you were entrusted. Mm. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to right. righteousness. Here's the awesome news that you've never thought about every single one of us is an addict.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Every person on this earth is an addict. Well, I'm not an addict. Well, how long can you go without oxygen? Yeah. Yes, you're an addict to oxygen. Come on <laughs> you never thought about it, but you are. How long can you go without food? You're an addict to food. How long can you go without liquids? You're an addict
0: to liquids.
1: How would you feel if you are imprisoned in, in solitary confinement for the rest of your life? We're all addicts to other people. Yeah. So those are all, let's say, good addictions, yeah. right? That are built within us by God. But they have other addictions. Yes. You know, some people are addicted to chemicals, yeah. to drugs, like, like John Pemberton was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, other people are addicted to unhealthy relationships. Yeah. Oh, wow. Some people are addicted to, to, to alcohol.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Some people are addicted to their career. Mm-hmm. Wow. The career goes above everything, including wife or husband and kids. Some people are addicted to money. Some people are addicted to to fame. Mm. You know, so we're all addicted to something. So the question is not if we're addicted, but what we are addicted to. Mm. Are we addicted to the right thing? Or are we addicted to the to the wrong thing? Come on, bro. Because God just says, look, if we're addicted to to sin, it will lead to death. Right, so what kind of sins is he talking about? Well it could be could be a million things. You know, all we really need to do is every one of us, including ourselves, is look into our lives. You know, we just need to look into our lives. What is the stuff going on in our lives that we know that are not good? But yet, we don't have the power to overcome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't you have that one thing in your life, or maybe yeah. two, that you're like, man, I just, I just wish I could change this. And then you make the decision, on January the 1st, I'm going to put it behind me, yeah. <laughs> Right? January the 1st is around the corner. Yeah. I, I will change this on January the 1st. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to stop smoking January the 1st. I'm going to stop drinking January the 1st. I'm going to stop being involved in unhealthy relationships January the 1st. I'm going to pay more attention to my kids January the 1st. January the 1st. January the 1st. But well, why not November the 27th? Because January the 1st gives you 34 more days to indulge in your sin. And to justify your conscience. You know, life can get hard sometimes, right? And especially when life gets kind of tough and hard, then especially it's tempting to go back to our old habits. And why do we go there? Because we we try to find comfort in something Mm -hmm. that is not really giving us comfort. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We try to find security in the things that we know, even though it's not beneficial to us. Because very often we fear what we do not know right yeah. but God is saying look I am the one that refreshes I am the one that sustains no one else and nothing else except for myself wow. see when Jesus was in the desert with the Samaritan woman he told her what hey I have water for you I am the living water you'll never thirst again mm-hmm. Now, I was thinking, if Jesus was living today, what would he have? He would have said, I am the last Coca-Cola in the desert. (laughs) Besides me, there's nothing else. and no one else. Drink this Coke. Come on. That's what he would tell us. So the question for us is, are we drinking Mm -hmm. from the living water. Are we willing to give God a chance? It doesn't matter what your culture is, what your background is, what your upbringing is. It doesn't matter what you've done. God would just say, hey, give me a taste test. Mm. You know, taste me and see if you like it. Just give it a chance. Yeah. What do you have to lose? Nothing. Exactly. You know, a few weeks ago I was with, with James Morgan. We were at Hempstead and they were handing out the most cranking free food I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes you go to supermarkets and you get these taste tests. Yeah. And usually it's like a dry little cracker with yeah. a, <laughs> a drop of cheese on it, it or something. Done. And so it's a free will take it, but it doesn't really inspire you. Yeah. But these guys were handing out Chinese food meals. Wow. Yes, I was like, whoa. I was like, I, have I arrived in the promised land. A Mr. <laughs> there, but they were handing out boxes that were meals with wow. rice and chicken, and wow. man, that's awesome wow. and for free. Wow. So who do you think did not take one of those? Mm-hmm. I certainly did not. Did get one? <laughs> I wanted to go back for more than that, but they would definitely recognize me considering my height. You know, it's, like,
0: <laughs> it's hard to
1: pretend I'm someone else, even if I put a wig or whatever so, why not give God a try? Yeah, you know, forget your experiences, forget your culture You just say, Man, I've tried everything, I'm just gonna give God a try. Now, sometimes you think life is awesome, I got some money in my wallet, I got my fiancee and my girlfriend's, but she doesn't have to know that. I got my career, I got a future, I got everything. Life is drinking it's not. See, that is like drinking Pepsi. It, 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 it kind of tastes like it's the real thing. <laughs> but it's really not. You're, you're just being deceived. And it's only matter. time me break it this morning. It's like, I need the real thing. Yes. I need the last coca of in the desert. Jesus Christ, where are you? And then we're going to go for it. Yeah. So Jesus sustains and refreshes. Amen. The slogan from 1971 was... Okay, come on. I'd like to buy the world a Coke.
0: Wow.
1: And people that were around like R R&E, and remember said that. <laughs> 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 they know they will remember those slogans, you know. They were young men on the skinny. You remember the tune, yes. On YouTube, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um I like to buy the world a Coke. And let's go to Romans chapter 9. Come on, bro. Well, our point is not that we like to buy the world a Coke. We like to buy the world Jesus. Amen. Romans chapter 9. Verse 1. Paul here is writing about how he feels about his fellow uh, Jews. I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it. In the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers. Those of my own race. The people of Israel. So wow, what, what a heart does Paul have here. What a desperation does he have for people to have what he has so you know i think we have to ask ourselves the question how do we feel about what we have because mm-hmm. how we feel about what we have determines how we talk about what we have yes, come on. right if, if we don't feel great about what we have
0: mm.
1: we're not going to be excited talking about oh, come it. Come on, bro.
0: Come on. Yeah.
1: Now, it's very interesting um, how Coke spread, because um, by the time World War II started, which, you know, yeah. actually, you know, great minds think alike, so That's when you use World War II, I'm going to end the thing. <laughs> uh, is that by the time the world, uh, world War II started, Coke was the number one drink in the United States. And Pepsi was around, but it was really viewed as the poor man's alternative. Wow. Okay. But Coke was around, but it was not yet a huge international drink. It was only in, in the United States. So World War II started, and the guy who was running the company at the time is an interesting guy because he was actually he had several jobs before he filled in all of them. And the last job he had before he made a bacon Coca-Cola was a truck driver. But he became the executive of Coca Cola, and it's Mr. Wood Scruff. And when World War II started, uh, he decided, he said, you know what? Every single US soldier fighting abroad must have access to a Coca Cola. Wow. Every soldier fighting abroad must be able to purchase a Coca Cola for five cents, no more. Mm. Which, even that at the time, was cheap. And so I was like, well, how are we going to get Coca-Cola to all those men fighting in the Far East and in Europe? Well, they discussed it and they they said, you know what? We are going to send our people to where the war is taking place. So they started making these, they started making 1,600 Coke-making machines that they used to have in the Soda Fountains uh, around the turn of the century, 40 years before the world started. And they sent them by the hundreds of ships uh, to the Far East, to the Pacific, to Europe, with men that worked for Coca-Cola that had to operate those machines. And those men, uh, they called technical observers. So they would go with those machines and bring them to where the soldiers were, and the soldiers could go to those machines, they would make the coke for them, and they would pay five cents per coke. As a matter of fact, uh, several people died, some of those technical observers died in that process. Why? Because they were in a war zone.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Now, Coca-Cola was losing a lot of money. They were losing a lot of money. Because you can imagine in the war, price of sugar and everything was sky high because it was in such high demand. They were losing a lot of money. They were even losing employees. But the guy knew what he was doing. Because he realized that if he were to do this, yes, it would take sacrifice at first. But he knew he would be able to fortify Coca-Cola's position expanded throughout the world. Evangelized the world with the gospel of Coca-Cola. And so, all the soldiers that came back home after the war, guess what they were all drinking? Guess what their favorite drink was? Coca-Cola. Guess what their wives were going to drink? Coca-Cola. Guess what their children were going to drink? Coca-Cola. Guess what the United States was addicted to for the next 30 years? Coca-Cola. It was in every house, every place that you could imagine. And it started spreading all over the world. Mm. It was because the dad of Coca Cola was able to evangelize the world. <laughs> Come
0: on. Come
1: on bro. So, are we willing to buy the world Jesus? Come on. You say, okay, yeah, I want to, but what is the secret? Well, thank you for asking. The secret is <laughs> as follows. Come on, it doesn't matter what your life has been in the past it doesn't matter how many times you've fallen mm-hmm. just like Mr. Woodscroft, he was looked on by many people as a failure because he was the son of the owner of Coca-Cola at the time and so he came in because of his father but he had no success in anything he had done before that he was a failure but one, he was convinced the coca-cola was it yeah. number two he was sold out oh, see what God is no different doesn't matter what you've done Come on, bro. all the matters is that you are sold out oh, yeah, because see God can use a man or a woman who is sold out yeah. on, God can use a man and a woman who says you know what I haven't done anything perhaps but i an example, I've been a mess, but God, I'm ready to do whatever God's says. Okay, now we're ready to talk. Come on, man. <laughs> And work together. Yes. So, doesn't matter where you're at, the question is, are you sold out? Yeah. See, Mr. Woodsbroth was sold out. He expected his people to move. He expected people to go to the areas where they were not comfortable he sacrificed financially but as a result he made it happen he made it happen he made the difference see they he could have said man I am losing so much money he could have said I am giving so much money he could have said a lot of these guys that are drinking coke for cheap they're gonna be shocked It's gonna be wasted money. But he didn't see it like that. He knew that it was just a temporary sacrifice for an awesome future. Right. And that's how it is for us. See, we hear about that special contribution that's coming up, and you know we we do that once or twice a year to to put people on staff, to evangelize the world, to spread the gospel around. So this is so hard. Well, Find your strength in God. Yes. Mm. You think I've not been challenged? <clears throat> think I haven't been challenged about, you know, the call of God. Come on, bro. About on, sorry, special coming up.
0: Come
1: on. Sometimes I'm like, your really heart, you know, you start feeling overwhelmed. No, okay. Find strength in God. Amen. Is there a challenge? Don't get overwhelmed. Get coke. (laughs) And when I say coke, I mean Jesus. Because what was Coke originally sold for? Uh, Help you with
0: anxiety.
1: Give you energy. Right? Get you fired up about life. So when life hits hard, hit it back. Go to God. Don't ask how much longer ask how to overcome with God. Amen. See, there was another Coke slogan. And that was from
0: 1976.
1: Yeah. And some more of you, you know, maybe tell me why we remember this one. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And that slogan was... Coke adds
0: life. Yes.
1: Wow. <laughs> Finally, I'm be honest. Yeah. He remembers. Coke gives life.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Well... Jesus gives life. Yes. Now imagine this in there. Imagine you are in the desert mm. and you have there bottles of Coca Cola, <laughs> and you see some poor wandering people walking in the desert. Their robes, their clothes are ragged and they're skinny and they're sunburned, and you know they have not had anything to drink for a few days, and they are desperate. And you have the perfect formula coca-cola mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know that you have what they need for themselves to be safe to live Come on, how hard would it be for you to go and share with them the good news of coca-cola mm-hmm. it wouldn't be hard right yeah. why you feel confident yep. yeah. you know you have it you're secure
0: yeah.
1: you're just like man if they reject me they're foolish because yes. <laughs> yes. I have what they need to live life. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So you wouldn't be afraid. You wouldn't be ashamed. You would go, guys, come, come, come. I've got what you need to live. They say, yes, we want it. What is it? Coca-Cola. What is Coca-Cola? You want me to drink that black stuff? Are you crazy? You're nuts. I'd rather die in the desert of thirst. Come on, guys. Keep me walking. You wouldn't feel insecure wouldn't feel like, oh, no, and, and get all done. You're And these guys are crazy. Yeah. They don't deserve what I have. Mm. And so in the same way, we've got to share our faith with confidence. Yes.
0: Oh.
1: You know, we got to share our faith with a smile yes. and know that if someone doesn't understand, maybe maybe later, maybe not now, maybe the guys get too thirsty, they come back and say, give me that black stuff, and they're like, oh, well, this is really awesome, why didn't you tell me? So I did, but you not want to listen. <laughs> But see, we've got to grow in our faith to where we have that confidence.
0: Yeah.
1: Confidence that allows us to share effectively with Him.
0: Yes.
1: That doesn't make us insecure, but we share, you know, my Coke gives life, have a Coke, have Jesus, this is awesome! Wow, so we have to grow to get to that point, and then we can sell the world, Jesus. Yes. But you get there, you have to buy in to get it out. Let's go to Romans chapter 9. Actually, sorry. Romans chapter 8, one chapter back. You know, our third and final point is 3 million a day and 6 million a day. So, what kind of point is that? Well, that's what i want going to explain right now. In 1917, Koch's slogan was 3 million a day. But then they were setting 3 million bottles per day. Wow. That was 1917. In 1925, the slogan was 6 million a day. Because by that year, they were setting 6 million bottles per day. See, they have doubles. Mm. So when I say 3 million they day, 6 million a day, I mean what? Multiplication. Come on. Multiplication. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. You with me? Yes. Alright, let's do it. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son. So God here is saying, you know those shirts you have, keep calm, like, you know, different, keep calm, I'm here. Or keep calm, uh, you know, there's a cold bottle on the court. I don't know, you know. All kinds of stuff they say. Well, Jesus here is saying, keep calm, I'm here. Because yeah. he's saying, no matter what the circumstances, no matter how hard things can get, if you love God, if you love God, everything, no matter how dark it may seem or desperate it may seem, is gonna work out for your good. Now the question must be asked what kind of good? No, this is not a secret formula to win the lottery. This is not a secret formula to become wealthy that I'm gonna just trust in God and it's gonna be for my good and my good according to me has to become a millionaire. My
0: good
1: according to me to become world famous. My good according to me is to look 20 years longer. None of that is going to happen. <laughs> but what is the purpose? It says in 29, to be conformed mm-hmm. to the likeness mm-hmm. of His Son.
0: Yeah.
1: See, there is a, a very deep spiritual and, and godly principle that we have to understand. Because mm-hmm. if we do not, we're going to be confused And we can even fall away. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that principle is that God refines us through difficulty and pain. That's how God works. Now some things, you know, hopefully we can accept by hearing them. But the truth is most things as people we don't understand until we really experience them. Yeah. 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 Right? So we gotta multiply our character. Yeah. Are you a disciple? Do you disciple someone? No, no. Are you disciple by someone? You gotta allow the person to disciples their character, their faith, and their convictions to be multiplied into yourself. Yes. Yes. Come on. Then you've got to multiply your character, Come on. your convictions, right. your faith. That you are helping. Doesn't mean we almost like the same type of music. Maria being married to me says, Thank goodness that's not the case. (laughs) Doesn't mean we all have to have the same taste when it comes to dress. And Maria says, Oh, even worse, thank goodness that's not the case. (laughs) But our convictions, the Christ-like character traits. be multiplied why because when those are multiplied then we multiply numerically then we get more faith then we get more courage then we get more conviction and guess what's going to happen this small group that we have here is going to multiply and we won't be able to fit in here anymore because as it is with the very first service it's already kind of like relatively full. Yeah. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah.
1: So we've got to multiply. Now it's very interesting how Coke multiplied because you got to understand that, as I said earlier, for a long time uh, Coke was not put in bottles. No drink was put in bottles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And some guys came to Coke and said, you know, why don't we bottle it? Because in that way we can bring it to people's houses. Instead of them having to leave their house to the soda fountain to get it. But they didn't have enough money to do that. So what they did was very smart. What they did is actually exactly the same thing that we're doing now. Only I cannot say that they copied it from us because that was 100 years before we were even born. You know. But they did copy it from Jesus actually. What they did, they started selling geographic areas. That people could buy where they would have the exclusive right to deliver Coca-Cola to people's houses. Yeah. Mm. So people could buy an area of 25 mile radius that only they and the employees could go and sell bottles of Coke to the people that lived there. And why 25 miles? Because that is the distance that you could cover with a horse and carriage
0: mm-hmm.
1: in one day. So they were expected to work to hold their heart, bring Coca-Cola to everyone. So you had there the comfort of the Coca-Cola Bible (laughs) talks. Spread all over the city, wherever they were. And it was their uh, responsibility to evangelize that little area where they were at with Coca-Cola. So that's why we split into regions. Because we not to spread coca-cola forget pepsi but to spread the gospel of jesus to everyone for them to know what it truly means to be a disciple of jesus and not just be religious yeah. the means what i have need it is to have faith instead of just <coughs> believing mm. yeah. so are we ready to give life to our area. Amen. Are we ready to have an impact in the South? Yeah. Nice. Well, 3 million, then 6 million. 20, then 40, then 60, then 80, then 100, then 150, then 200. On. But it all starts with us having a conviction. First, the conviction that Jesus sustains and refreshes. Yes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Secondly, that we need to buy the world Jesus. We need to invest our time, we need to invest our emotions, our energy, our finances to make it happen. And if we do that, thirdly, 3 million, then 6 million, we will multiply. Thank you.